Welcome to the seventh episode of Vista Mall 2019 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who loves to be greeted wherever he goes by Patatas Bravas and Mojitos, Logan Saunders. Hmm. Good morning. Good morning, and bienvenue, uh, Australia. Yes, I'm in Australia now. Just got here yesterday. I had a very, very, very long 36 hours to uh, get here. How delightful. Yeah, it was a good old-fashioned to wake up at 3 a.m., get into a car to go whale shark watching, which was about three hours away from where I was staying, Um, wait in line for like a couple hours there, Um, jump the queue by an additional two hours so I could actually make my flight on time, drive four hours back into the city, make my flight in the Philippines, transfer over into Manila, then fly from Manila to Sydney, and then get from Sydney to here, and then went for... uh, Went for lunch slash dinner, came back, did my teaching online for five hours straight. I had to do six classes in a row, uh, fell asleep for a few hours, watched Dutch Mall after my computer finished updating this morning, and then here we are. And when are you meeting Michelle? I think Saturday, because I don't have to teach it all that day, so it seemed like it would be the easiest logistically, plus I presume she would work during the week. She does, and it, the fact of the matter is she's got no, no prior commitments this weekend because Hunted's finished now. All right, yeah, and we know she doesn't really spend time with her family, so, yeah, Saturday's wide open in her books. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd say by far the best episode of Vidim this year so far. Yeah, that was... It's a low bar. They... <laughs> yeah, it's a low... Not... And also their best episode in terms of making money, I would say. It was a still a net gain, I think. Of uh, 500 euros. Yeah, that's that's pretty, that's the best they've done in a while. It's the best they've done in a couple of weeks, but that's not saying much. <laughs> their second best week. So previously, everyone struggled with tuk-tuks and got the opportunity to save themselves on a zipline. And in the end, everyone perfected the memory game and nobody went home for the second time this series. And it's day 11, and the team are leaving Barachara for the Caribbean coast of El Norte. El Norte? Yeah, El Norte. That's what uh, Rick said. Yeah, I think that's what... That's, <laughs> I didn't know day 11 was going to be spent with Jamie's pillow. Oh, no. <laughs> You're just getting all the Jamie's pillow jokes out now, aren't you? Um, No, no, I think that's the only one. I'm good. And Rick says that there are new opportunities to make money, but also temptations to be found. And they are greeted at their new hotel, much to Jamie's delight, by sandwiches and mojitos. Patatas fritas. (laughs) That's probably worth more than what they have in the pot right now. And talking of the pot, I'm going to have to bring up something that I brought up week one, I want to say, because if you cast your mind back, I said, I think art's on the money. And I spotted this last week after after actually uploading last week's episode. I spotted it. That all of the old mole hosts are on the money. In order, in fact. So the 50 euro notes have Angela. The 100 euro notes have Carol. The 200 notes have um, Peter Yan. And the uh, 500 euro notes have Art, which we saw a couple of times this week. We saw both Peter Yan and Art this week. And no, no Rick? No Rick yet. Probably because they haven't made enough. Well, it's it's all the old mole hosts, I think. Yeah, the current guy, the current guy has to retire before he gets to be uh, gets to be immortalized. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why they've put the old Molhos on there, though, because we actually saw a close-up of a PTN note this time, and it also had Vidim19 Columbia in it. I guess to avoid counterfeit money. Well, they always like doing custom notes, but there's usually a, a reason for the theming, because as I've mentioned before, in previous seasons, we've had it where the back of the money has basically done a massive mural of the mole's face, for example. But they've actually not drawn attention to the fact that it's old mole host is the, the theme for the money this year. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of clue within it. Yeah, I don't know what it is yet, though. And we are still seeing all the puzzle pieces in the intro after last week was spammed with them as well. There was less of them this week, but we saw a lot of puzzle pieces again. There seems to be some sort of puzzle piece game coming up in the finale. Nobody opened up their yokers either. I know, that seems to be a bit of a damp squib of a twist. Yeah, I'm sure the black exemption was in one of the yokers this week. I would assume so as well, but week seven is a very late time for them to actually start introducing it. Eh, well, it's a bit different when you still have six players left. But this week would have been the week to play it, I think, to just sort of screw everyone over. Yeah, everyone goes, you know, sacrifices thousands of euros to get a couple of yokers here and there, and then somebody plays a black exemption, so it ends up being like a 5,000 euro exemption. And I also love that in the family photo at the start of the episode, Rick Paul just continues to pout even between the moving bit of the picture. Everyone else moves, and it's just Rick Rick Paul pouting for the camera. He doesn't move (laughs) at all. Rick Paul sure loves to uh, mug with his facial expressions. Mug with his mug. Yeah, I'm going to miss Rick Paul. <laughs> he, well, he was the only one that would try to earn a little bit of money each week. And also he was the best narrator left. Him and Jamie basically carried this entire episode, so it was super subtle that they both went. <laughs> Especially narrating of Sarah trying to throw the coconut. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, this is not even that subtle of a sabotage if you're the mole, Sarah. You're just you're just wasting that time. And for the first assignment, they do walk into a mangrove and find a familiar sight in chests all over the beach. There are nine chests that they need to pass to each other and collect on each side, and to get a total of 750 euros on each side, and they have 25 minutes to get the correct combination to win 1,500 euros for the pots. And there was only nine chests, and they didn't have to move the chests very far at all. And they had a whole 25 minutes to do it. They argued for 20 of it and still won the task. Yeah, how did that happen? I was I was kind of warned before the episode that there was a chest-related challenge and they cock it up massively. So for them to actually win the 1,500 euros at the end was surprising at best. Producers mu- I must have... I mean, I would have made that time... That time limit could... Well, that time, lim- time limit could have been 10 minutes. <laughs> And it still would have been, probably most groups would have done it. So in order, it's Sinan, Niels, Jamie, Sarah, Merrill, and Rick Paul. And the two groups can't really see each other, making communication a bit difficult. Hence why they argued for 80% of this challenge. They couldn't add up to 750. Well, the best bit of this is the fact that Rick Paul just narrates this entire challenge and gets increasingly frustrated at everyone ignoring him. <laughs> yes. 450 plus 100 plus 100 plus 100 for no 550 plus 200 that makes 750 you guys can't do math <laughs> I mean if he had to go out on any episode I think this one's probably the best one for him to go out on just getting increasingly irritated by everyone's existence yeah like if he lasted one more episode I think uh, Rick Paul may have murdered everybody 
Well, there's fire next week, so it might have been a bit of a hazard putting Rick Paul anywhere near that fire. Yes, that's the episode where uh, Rick Paul is exposed as a pyromaniac. He's the new Blaze. <laughs> Jeez. And that is the second reference to Blaze that I've made this week. Is Blaze still a part of Hunted? Um, Blaze is always going to be a part of Hunted. In here. <laughs> I put Blaze forward as the uh, the new chief of the Hunters for next year. I see. I need to get more familiar with this Blaze individual. He's basically just a ridiculous redneck that has the stupidest name I've ever seen on TV. Yeah, Blaze sounds more like a character you would see on American Gladiators. We have Saber, we have Laser, we have Wolf, we have Blaze. <laughs> what are you going to do about it, Blaze? Unexpected radio impressions. <laughs> are you going to let him open up his yoker? The best thing about Blaze is the fact that he helped out a pair of fugitives and just took them to a rando cabin in the woods, which may or may not have been where he murders people. I think that was the crux of the jokes we made about Blaze. Maybe it's a timeshare that he has with Rick Paul now. Maybe. New best friends. <laughs> best friendins. And the other star of this entire challenge for me is Meryl, who cannot throw to save her life. Yeah, you know what? Meryl and Sarah... They just checked out this week. Not the best people to put in the middle of this sort of challenge. Or or any challenge, I think. Because Sarah's lost probably the most money I've ever seen any mole lose. <laughs> or any contestant lose in quite some time. And this week, they just... there's the I mean, look at the banana challenge. They just wandered off on their own. No one even knew where they were. They just didn't want to cooperate, and the even better thing is, they should have got the full money on that one, if the mole didn't ignore the the coca in there. Like, the, they could have ended up in Venezuela probably by the end of that challenge. Yeah, they are getting a little bit close to Venezuela now, aren't they? I've got a feeling the finale is going to be in Santa Marta. It'd be interesting to see whether they actually do do a, a on-location reveal this year, rather than what they did last year. Yeah, have they announced a live... Like it's live uh, outdoor finale. Yeah, they announced the um, the mole on stage last year, which you know, if they do it again, that'll be awesome because I'll you know be there. And I have checked; you don't need tickets or you just turn up because I did have to check that last week just in case. But they have now got a listing on the Vondel CS website for uh, for the mole finale, which is good. Yeah, the one the cheapest thing you can do in all of Amsterdam is to attend an outdoor finale. Yeah, so I will be there. I'm going to have to get there early because I want to be front row. Wear an RTV Warriors t-shirt. I was very tempted to get one made, I'm not going to lie to you. I was so, so tempted to get an RTV Warriors t-shirt made up. And I still probably will have time if I decide to do it. Seeing as I'm recording this on the 19th for me and the finale's on the 9th, so I've got a load of time. Yeah, worst case scenario, you just get a plain t-shirt and you just write on it. Right. Hi, Doug. RTV Warriors. <laughs> And Meryl bounces a coconut off a tree instead of aiming at a Rick Paul. And the entire fate of the assignment rests in Meryl's hands, and she makes the shot, and they earn 1,500 euros for the pot. And Rick, being a party pooper, tells them to enjoy it, as one by one they will face a dilemma later. Aww. And Rick Paul says that he thinks the triple bond shirt with Sarah is over, and he keeps his bond with Niels active. And Niels says he's just trying to survive each test and execution, but has started talking to Rick Paul about getting to the finale together. Yeah, increased frustration results in decrease in alliances for Rick Paul. <laughs> and boy, does that serve him well. 
I think Sarah has just been unbest friended by uh, by Rick Paul. And in probably the most important uh, assignment of the season, each person individually goes to the mangrove with Rick, and they have to follow a route with boxes, and they're allowed to take one item from one of the nine boxes. Some of the boxes have money, but some will contain something else depending on their next decision. And Rick asks them if they want to play Russian roulette, and there are four options. They can either pick one, two, or three yokers, or a one-second time on a test, therefore guaranteeing that they will win any tiebreak. Everything has a price. The bigger the prize, the bigger the risk, and they take one envelope per yoker, or two for the test time. In the envelopes is either no money, 500 euros from the pot, 1,000 euros from the pots, or a double execution. And there is also 1,500 euros available in this challenge. Which they don't get. (laughs) And what would you have chosen? Uh, I think three yokers would have been overdoing it. I would have probably gone for one or two yokers. I would have been, with a 20-question quiz with six people, I would have been doubtful that it would come down to a tie. So I don't think I would have done the time advantage. So I think I would have done one or two yokers. And then I think I would have been tempted by some of the money in the boxes. I saw a lot of people saying that this is the best twist they've ever done to this sort of challenge because they love doing this sort of challenge. It's one of the mole classics. I mean, if you watched Australian Mole 6, they stole it for that for Ali's iconic box slamming moment in the library. I don't love it as much as I love some of the other ones because the options are basically whatever you attempted by or money. And the money isn't incremental. It's either 250 euros or nothing. Yeah, there should have been. That would have made it more suspenseful. Like, oh, no one's going to take two fifty, but what about five hundred, seven fifty, a thousand? Because producers can definitely afford to throw a bit more cash at them this season. And also, usually we see stuff like the black exemptions been one of the options. We've seen other exemptions, exemptions for particular episodes before, which is a fun twist. Oh, they've done that, where it's like exemption, It like say you get an exemption in episode two, but they say, oh, it only activates in episode four. Yeah, or the wonderful twist that I have seen them do before. Here's three exemptions, one for episode three, one for episode four, one for episode five, you can only keep one of them. They've done money before, obviously. This is how they like to introduce their twists in a game like this. And the options just weren't as fun for me. Because there's nothing really new. Was the time? Was the time exact? Um... This is the first time that time has ever been offered, as far as I'm aware. How I would have done it is not even get them to gamble money out of the pot. I would have put the test time as one as a question mark card in one of the boxes, personally. Oh, that would have made sense, yeah, because no one's really going to voluntarily pick it in this scenario. And then people would have been surprised and not, and not have time to... Uh no pun intended, but not have time to think about it when they see it in the box. That would be how I would have done it. So I'm not sure why they structured it this way to try and, you know, take more money out of the pot. They should have also had a box that said, like, oh, you get to have lunch with Carol. You get to quickly fly to Japan and have a tea ceremony with Angela and Carol. <laughs> and he just shouts at you, accusing you of being the mole. Do you actually believe that, Carol? I'm like, uh, no, no, just I was just paid a thousand euros to say that. It's like uh, it's like the videos you buy on Cameo or something. Hands down, that is one of the best challenges they have ever done on any season of The Mole. It's so <laughs> ridiculous that only they could get away with doing it. Yeah, having previous hosts decide who they think The Mole is based off of limited interactions. But also just flying them randomly out to Japan for no other reason and for one challenge. What can I say? The Dutch have more money than we do. 
except these contestants. Yeah, these these contestants seem to be uh, eating into the uh, the Angler and Carol money here. Yeah, maybe that's why they haven't really made that much money this year because maybe maybe Art and Peter Yan and Carol and Angela are all going to come out for one challenge and they had to offset the cost of flying them all the way out to Colombia from Holland. No, they're all going to come out for the final reveal. Each of them gets to say one word. <laughs> the cliffhanger is going to be Angela saying V, Carol saying S, Peter Yan saying D, and Art saying Mole. And they ride there in a limo, and then they ride out of there in a limo right after they do that. Exactly. It's a 5,000 euro sentence. This is where all the budget is gone. To appease retired reality hosts. <laughs> and if you are not aware of the legend that is Angela, please, please look up her singing uh, Private Dancer. It's one of the funniest videos. She's a legend. <laughs> I'm sure I've sent you her singing Private Dancer before because it, it amuses me every time. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I've actually watched the video. You've never seen Angela doing Private Dancer. It's so funny. Because... She, she is a professional singer, but she goes for it. Really goes for it, to be precise. Hmm, I'll have to look. Let's see if it... Is it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, here we go. It's like, comes up right away. <laughs> I know Bindles is partial to this video as well. I like the cheetah print. Yeah, the cheetah print just makes it even better. Oh, she's taking the microphone out. There we are. She sounds more like Macy Gray than Tina Turner with her voice. Oh, those dance moves. Oh, my God. Whoa, she's she's going on the table. <laughs> she's going all out on this. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't hold back. The best thing is she doesn't even win this episode. So she did this before or after the mole? After. After? <laughs> now she's a private singer at, at various engagements. She also, I believe, was a judge on X Factor and The Voice of Holland. So yeah, she became quite the quite the celebrity then. Well, she was already famous before she did the mole, and you know the mole made it her even better. All right, so where were we? I've completely lost track. <laughs> Talking about Angela, that's where we were. So Niels ch- chooses three yokers, which means he gets four envelopes, including the three that he picked, and he succeeds. Yeah, his four envelopes are hidden along the way, and he does indeed manage weirdly to find the three yoker envelope. <laughs> And he says that the that the correct prize is never in the first box, and the second box has a Peter Yan note, which is 250 euros. The fourth box contains an envelope, and seeing as though four is his lucky number, he picks that one. Rick Fall plays for two yokers, and takes the envelope from the first box. Jamie plays for two as well, ignores the empty box, two 250 euro notes, and the first envelope before another one with money, and takes the envelope in box six. Meryl chooses two yokers and skips a 250 euro note and five other boxes and then picks the envelope in box seven. And Sinan picks box five, as well as going for three yokers. Sarah goes for one yoker, skips the first two and picks an envelope. And then the results. So everyone was really selfish, so no money can be won. But Niels gets three yokers and Rick's magical yoker box returns. Rick Fall gets no euros for the pots. CNN gets minus a thousand. Jamie gets two yokers. Sarah gets a thousand euros out the pot. And Meryl, the bitch, gets the double execution card. Which means <laughs> two red screens will be seen at the end of the episode. A third of the contestants are going to go home. <laughs> More than a third, yeah. 40%, yeah. 40% of the contestants. 
As soon as the two red screens came up, just just the reactions on everyone's faces was priceless. Especially when Meryl has has a confessional beforehand saying, I hope two people don't have to go home. We're all friends. We're all best friendins. Yeah, about that. <laughs> this is a crazy thing. Sarah went for just one yoker, yet she somehow still picks the one where it's minus a thousand euros. Here's the question. Do you think that the mole knew the double execution card had already come up? I think so. That's certainly how the mole should play it. And if Sarah's the mole, then it makes a lot of sense if she deliberately went last and then didn't even have to pick the double execution card because it had already come up. But I still don't know. I don't know how the mole should play that, because obviously they want the double execution to happen because we had another non-nomination last week. I guess if they got the two reds, if Sarah picked the two red screens as well, if she was the mole, then I guess it really doesn't make that much of a difference when multiple people have picked it. But also, if there's only one card with the double execution, which I suspect there was, then if Sarah knows that it's already come up, she can do whatever she wants. She just has to try and find the minus thousand euro card. Right. Especially if Sinan's already picked the minus thousand euro card too. No matter what she does, there's no extra layer of suspicion cast upon her. It's pretty pretty much ideal to go last in this challenge. So, they end the challenge with a huge minus 2,000 euros of a possible 1,500. And everyone is panicked at the campfire by the double execution. Challenges don't go much worse than this. No. It's certainly not a, um, not a bright spot for the season. Only person who really benefited was Rick Paul because he no harm, no foul, and he still gets a yoker prior to the execution. Because that does him so good. Yeah, it helps him so much. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. It gave him a fighting shot. <laughs> and interestingly, at the campfire, the only person not drinking alcohol is Sarah. A sober mole. Yeah. Because some real moles um, don't drink alcohol. If she is the mole, I still don't think she is, but if she is, then it's interesting that she was deliberately keeping sober, probably so she didn't spill the fact that she's the mole. Yeah, maybe she's like one of those uh, drunks who just just uh, commits verbal diarrhea the whole time. She was drinking water, I noticed. Yeah. Or or drinks like Nair beer or something with like 0.05% alcohol. And in the final challenge on day 13, they end up at a banana plantation, and they have to find four stations, yellow, orange, green, and blue, and have to bring the right banana colours to the right stations, and they're raising a maximum of €1,500 Euros on offer, and 45 minutes in which to do it. And Sarah is at orange, Meryl is at green, Sinan's at blue, Rick Paul's at yellow, and Niels and Jamie are bunch hangers. Who do all the work? They are basically the the hard-working people, while everyone else apart from Rick Paul, you know, chills. Yeah, I never thought Sinan would be the type to chill. There's a wonderful quote from Niels pretty early in this challenge where he said, Sinan stayed back, but we're used to that from him. <laughs> it seems like the editors are deliberately just portraying Sinan as lazy now, and it's delightful. This is sort of malicious joke I love in, in a mole season. Lazy Sinan, either the only time he does something is if he's just sitting down in a car. But next week he runs. <laughs> that was the big preview for next week. There's something I've never seen in 19 seasons of Vidim before. Sinan runs. And then he gets medically evacuated. There will be no red screen tonight, guys. What an anticlimax if Sinan drops out at Final Four. Probably by default, because he just can't do physical exercise. Or Final Three. Like, they keep an eye on him after he runs at Final Four. He makes it into the finale. 
And then he's just like, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore, guys. 15 days. The Colombian humidity is killing me. <laughs> I can't even ride in this tuk-tuk. And you know who, who else loved this challenge? Rick Paul. Yeah, needless to say, by the end of this day, uh, he went bananas. He was not a happy bunny. <laughs> B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And Sarah starts looking for a black exemption to undo Jamie and Niels' yokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that woodworking guy put a black exemption into one of the yokers. So what do they do? Have a monkey put the black exemption in the banana? They should have had that as like the, the trailer at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing that makes me think Sarah is not the mole, because the mole would not do that. The mole would not be rooting around at their station to try and find a black exemption, because they don't need a black exemption. They don't care, as long as nobody <laughs> suspects them. But like nobody was around to see her do that, so that's just all for TV for the audience. Yeah, but if it was for TV, she'd be sort of wink-wink, nudge-nudging at the camera going, oh, I hope I find this black exemption. She was properly into finding the black exemption. She really wanted it. Yeah, the the best thing that could happen, she finds the black exemption. The worst thing that happens is she gets a boost in her potassium levels, and she has a really good brunch. Also, side note, this is a super dangerous challenge, because there's been quite a few... Scandals is the wrong word, but quite a few issues with bananas in the UK where there's been, like, dead spiders or live spiders hiding in bunches of bananas or spider eggs or stuff that just hatches in people's houses. And real dangerous creatures. Maybe what hatches are uh, are exemptions and yokers. Yokers hatch from the bananas. There's yoker eggs. It's a six-month sort of preemptive exemption egg. <laughs> yeah. For All-Stars, for, for Season 20. See, Season 20 is going to be filming pretty soon. I think it's usually May or June that they film now. So they're already going to be considering who's going to be on Season 20. Yeah, and who knows, if Sarah's not the mall, maybe let's pick the person who is rummaging through bananas for her black exemption. And Sarah decides to go towards Rick Paul, just so she, it doesn't look like she's doing nothing, despite the fact that Rick Paul says immediately afterwards that she does nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just Sarah going up there saying, Rick Paul, did you string all of those hooks and bananas by yourself? Man, I wish I could do one thing. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Rick Paul? Man, you're putting in a great effort. Man, I really hope we win this challenge, Rick Paul. Way to go, Rick Paul. <laughs> go, team. <laughs> Man. Well, what do you think your family is going to be thinking about when they see you string all these bananas, Rick Paul? They're going to be so proud of you. <laughs> want to sing? Well, after the show is over, Rick Paul, do you want to go to a bar and do karaoke and sing Private Dancer? Yeah, do you think Angela will hang out with us? I would love it if they just brought back the karaoke challenge from last year and just had Angela sitting in, in the front seat just singing with people. <laughs> and Sarah just go, and it's supposed to be a duet, but... Sarah just leaves behind the microphone and just casually tries to chat up Angela while she's doing karaoke. Sinan's just in, in the back seat of the car, just lying down, doing nothing. He's Yeah, he's snoring really loud over the soundtrack, over the acoustics. 
<laughs> I'm going to make this karaoke miserable so Angela doesn't get picked to win this cash prize. That's the point. Next week, um, Sinan gets to go from burning socks to burning cash, by the look of things. And then Sarah just goes up to Angela. Man, you're really getting into that Tina Turner <laughs> music, Angela. Man, I know I'm supposed to. Uh, I know I'm supposed to sing the Tina Turner song with you, but you're just doing such a good job. Way to go, Angela. <laughs> it's like Angela. It's like Sarah turns into your into your seven year old niece. And the editors have a little bit of fun with this by playing a song called "Going Bananas." Yeah, what were the the lyrics were just as absurd as Sarah looking for a black exemption. I'm going bananas, but my mind is being devoured by piranhas. Just terrible rhymes. It's like Rebecca Black lyrics. Friday, Friday, gotta lose a thousand euros on Friday. Fun, fun, fun. Which banana should I take? The one with the black exemption, Sarah. <laughs> Jamie's in the front seat, seeing and snoring in the back seat. <laughs> Robert's falling asleep at the wheel in the driver's seat. So the time ends with the bunches not in their correct places, and in the orange bunches there are three tubes containing the cash. And from 12 orange bunches, they brought in 7. And they do find two of the three cokers containing the 500 euro bills, which are art bills, ending the challenge with the 1,000 euros of 1,500, and the episode with 500 euros of 4,500, and the season so far of 8,050 euros of a possible 109,100. Not (laughs) 25,000. However, there's a discrepancy here, because... They earned 500 euros and ended last week at 7650, so therefore they should have 8,150, which means 100 euros have gone missing somewhere. Some sort of minor penalty, I guess, that went unaired? Or the mole has hidden something. But the interesting part of this is that the third tube was in one of the bunches, but someone overlooked it. Oh, how do we know that? Because we saw it. They cut to it at the end of the challenge. They zoomed in on the third coca being hidden in one of the bunches. Oh, it was actually... Oh, I thought it was just a, like a B-roll shot. No, that's actually in the third bunch. Oh man, this group is pathetic. <laughs> Either that or the mole was looking at it and deliberately said, oh no, there's nothing in this one. But I would, like... There is no time limit to searching the bananas, right? Yeah, so you shouldn't trust anyone. Yeah, like everyone just looks through the bananas. Banana etiquette. <laughs> but the mole somehow managed to stop everyone looking in the third coca. Yeah, I don't even know if the mole really is mulling it up when uh, when that happens. I mean, just all it takes is one of the other five to just look through that bunch too, and then your, sa- your attempt at a sabotage was pointless. And also you become much more suspicious. Yeah, that was a big risk to take. Only Yan would take that risk from uh, last season. And Niels gives Rick Paul one of his yokers to try and protect their bonchia against Meryl and Jamie. And Rick Paul says that if he has to go home, at least he befriended Niels. And this is just a swan song edit, even if I didn't know Rick Paul goes. You can tell. Yeah, it's like, eh, goodbye, goodbye Rick Paul. It was nice knowing you. It was nice knowing you, considering you're probably responsible for about 7,000 of those 8,000 euros in the pot. 
And it's now time for the test. 20 questions about the identity and the actions of the mole. And the two people with the worst skulls will go home. And Meryl doesn't know if she can spread, so she has to take a guess and go for one or two people. Rickpaw wants to spread on three, but feels like it's too huge a risk. So goes for Sinan, Meryl and Jamie mainly. And uses his yoker. Sinan goes for Jamie and Niels. As both of them talk a lot, but it doesn't yield success. Sarah decides to go for just one person, but she's unsure of who to go for. Niels goes for Jamie as he's done weird things for seven episodes and plays both yokers. And we see him pick that the mole didn't start at a station in the banana plantation. And if you know anything about Vidum, you know that the mole plays the test on themselves. And the only other person who didn't start at a station in the banana plantation was Niels. I just want to hear you say banana plantation one more time. A station at the banana plantation. Station at the banana plantation. (laughs) And Jamie suspects Rick Paul with a small spread on the two girls. Sinan and Niels aren't on his radar, and he plays both of his yokers as well. Was the station at the banana plantation, was that in the Columbia Nation? Yeah, there's a station at the banana plantation in the Colombian nation. <laughs> you can't trip me up. <laughs> or do you, th- do you think they hire um, uh, illegal workers that are Haitian? Haitian workers at the station at the banana plantation of the Colombian nation. Yes. <laughs> nice try, Saunders. And Rick seems a little bit pissy at the uh, execution. He gets really sassy with them. <laughs> well, especially when... Like they did terrible with this banana bunching task. There were th- three other, there were three other colors of bananas, right? Yeah, it was like playing Donkey Kong in '64. All they needed to do was get the uh, the orange ones. Yeah. So all, apparently, all they needed was one of those four colors, and like they didn't even get all of that one color. They got what seven of the twelve bunches, or did they get all, or all the orange bunches did they get? Yeah, it was seven of the twelve orange bunches. So they do, so what would that matter? That would be one-eighth, one-eighth of the challenge they did then, right? Presumably, yes. So one-eighth of the challenge in 45 minutes, and within that one-eighth, they managed to retrieve all 1,500 euros, and they only got 1,000 of those euros. That's the wor- That's got to be the worst, other than like just an outright pass-or-fail challenge. That may go down, I think that mathematically, that would be the worst performance in a challenge. Just with how much of a gimme it was, and they still messed it up. It is a terrible performance. 45 minute time limit, one eighth of it they brought in, and within that one eighth, 100% of the money they were able to get. And it was in within harm's reach, and they still only got two thirds of it. Anyone who is a math genius, just feel free to do that at home because that's going to be like a 2% or 5% success uh, performance at this challenge. And Rick says that they could have won over 25,000 euros, but they have only won 8,050. And I call bullshit because realistically they could have earned about 35 at least, but officially they could have earned over 109,000 euros right now. And Rick also chastises them for being selfish. And Jamie's the first person to see his screen, but it's a red one. And what do you know I called it the past two weeks? Yeah, he was a mid to late season boot. You were right on the money. What can I say? I'm awesome. Yeah, you didn't make finale. Did I Did I tag along with that prediction too? I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I know for a fact that he has been my pick to go next for the past two weeks. In the, the next person to go, and I was right. And I also did say that he would be a, a late boot, and what do you know, I was right. Mm-hmm. 
I think I also said that Rick Paul would be a late boot, which is fun. Yeah. I wish I was wrong on that one, because I wanted him to be in the finale, because, you know, he's awesome, but... Yeah, if Rick if uh, Rick Paul was frustrated now, can you imagine him by the final episode? He would have had an aneurysm during the final quiz. And Meryl is devastated and wanted to see Jamie in the finale. And Sinan shows zero remorse, saying that, that it was basically Jamie's own fault because he didn't spread well enough. Yeah. And Niels gets a green screen as a Sarah before Rick Paul becomes the second person eliminated of the episode. And he tells Rick that he thought Jamie was the mole. So, let me get this straight. There's four contestants left who have to work together in challenges. And Sinan, Sarah, and Meryl are three of those four people. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, is that going to be a fun week. If I'm producers, I'm scrambling. There is a very real chance that those three are the contestants as well, and Niels is actually the mole. (laughs) Because there was another hint, apparently, for Niels this week. I don't know what it was, but apparently there was another big hint that it was Niels. So Niels is, could be the mole, and he's probably earned the most money out of all four of those people. Niels could be the mole, and he's stuck with three of the worst performing contestants of all time. And they may not even suspect him. And there is a very interesting quote from CNN to close the episode with, It means we're all on the wrong person. It's a really good mole. Two people that were executed played Yokers. Yeah. Wouldn't that mean, though, that the, the people who didn't play Yokers are definitely onto the mole then? Considering they beat the two people by that much of a spread on the quiz? Well, it depends what the questions are. Because if there's a question, for example, is the mole male or female, you got a 50% chance of getting that right, for example. If there's enough questions where you could hedge your bets without actually realising that you're on the right lines... Then yeah, I mean officially the people who weren't protected by Yokers, so Cena, Merrill, and Sarah, then they're officially on the right lines, in theory. I have a feeling Sarah makes it into the finale. Yeah, I I mean we're gonna try and guess our our suspect lists and executions in a minute, but I would agree with you there. I think I know who the final three are probably gonna be, and you know Rick Fall and Jamie are important to the season when they get a combined montage as they are eliminated. They only save the montages for important people. Yeah. They have to split it. So next time they are returning to the old mole faithful of childhood games for the final exemption in Plinko. Where's Bob Barker? They're playing Plinko for the final exemption of the season. Let's face it, that's the only challenge they can really do at this point with this group. I mean, CNN's going to get a sore neck from just watching the Plinkos uh, uh, bounce around. That's just going to be enough energy for him to expend. Well, surely Sinan is probably the best place to get the exemption of the finale, given that, you know, he's probably the right age to just sit at home watching The Price is Right all day. Yeah, he knows the items of every of everything you, you, you can find in a grocery store. And he knows to bid uh, one euro. And money goes into a fire, Sinan runs, and there is a motorbike chase. Well, I have a feeling who would not win in a motorbike chase? All of these people is the answer. <laughs> Especially if Niels is the mole. This is going to... Man, I hope they have insurance. <laughs> so, who's on your suspect list? You can pick two names this week, seeing as they're down to the final four. Alright, Sarah's still... Isn't Next week's not the final week of play, right? Oh yeah, there's an exemption, right? Penultimate? Next week's the final four episode, the week after is the final three, and then the week after that's a reunion. 
Okay, so Sarah's still definitely my number one. She's been pretty much at the top of my suspect list since the beginning. Close to it. So, yeah, going to pick her. And then secondary choice. Meryl hasn't had enough airtime. Seen and I still can't take seriously. So I guess secondary choice is Neil's. And my top two are those two, but flipped. I'm still definitely on Neil's. And Sarah is my firm number two and has been for three, four weeks now. It's one of those two. I just don't know which one. Watch Sinan be the mole and Meryl be the winner. <laughs> I would love it if Sinan Khan is the mole. <laughs> so much. I'm going to make it miserable for everybody by being a minor inconvenience and having contestants who make le- who, who uh, took more money out of the pot than I did. Can you imagine us talking about this in three and a bit weeks, well, three three weeks' time after I come back from Amsterdam and going, the mole's major defining trait was that he was a bit of an inconvenience. An inconvenience, Cena. That's his next documentary. And who do you think is going to be our final elimination? That's a tough one. I don't know if Meryl's going to get a under-the-radar edit to make final three. Are Sinan Khan going to be in the finale? I think Meryl's going to be executed next week. I do too. I think Meryl is going to be our final four execution. And I think Sinan is going to win. Well, you know what they say. Sit back and observe. And by God, Sinan has done a lot of the former. (laughs) I've been getting the feeling for the past couple of weeks that Sinan is going to be in the final and Sinan is going to win. And I don't know why, it's, I just can't shake it. That'd be such a legendary win. Laziest contestant ever wins the mole. I think that's why we've been getting so much kind of Sinan is lazy and feckless content, is the fact that, you know, he turns around and wins. It'd be funny if he's had a perfect score on every quiz since week one, and he's this uh, Menza genius. He's this savant. <laughs> a savant. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, as we slightly mentioned at the start of the episode, that Belgian Mole has been um, rearing its head this week. And I can't wait. Finally, we're getting hints for Belgian Mole. I don't know how much of this you've seen, but they've really been ramping it up. Last year, the the tagline of the ad campaign, I guess, was uh, Have you my missed? Or Have you missed me? This year, it's Yahweh Neats, or You Know Nothing. They're going to play You Don't Know Jack as the first challenge? Have I told you that I've won a trophy for um, for You Don't Know Jack over Christmas? No, you I can't you remember what I told you this. I yeah. didn't know. Logan didn't know, didn't know that. As part of Bother's Bar, they had uh, the great British Jack off, and um, somehow I managed to win five games of You Don't Know Jack back-to-back, and walked away with a very nice trophy that I'm currently looking at. Damn. Five games in a row, that's nothing to scoff at. Yeah, I, I came second in one of the games, otherwise I would have had a perfect run, but I, um, yeah, it was, it was basically just competitive, you don't know Jack, and, you know, everyone lost to me somehow. So they've released a a couple of hint websites, as they always do. The most interesting one of which is hainmole.be, which is the Flemish for no mole.be, with um, a cryptic video and the, ta- the taglines, is that dirty beast always too fast? And both the classic methods no longer a solution, then you've come to the right place. And apparently they've started putting banners around saying that Lloyd knows nothing and 
Elise knows nothing, and Gilles knows nothing, and Peter knows nothing. Including, quite interestingly, and I saw a picture of this as we were talking, at Lloyd's Uni. There is a massive banner at the University of Ghent saying that Lloyd knows nothing. The hell? And this is the tagline that they're going with. There's some sort of... um, I'm hoping it'll be a trailer release on Thursday afternoon. Maybe it's a hint that maybe the winner doesn't unmask the mole this year? Maybe. So yeah, I'm very excited for Belgian Mole coming back. And the return of our best friend of the podcast, Gilles de Costa. Yeah. The Bell, yeah, they're much more friendly to us than the Dutch Mole compadres. So have you got anything you want to say? No. <laughs> okay. I never guessed. <laughs> okay, dokie then. Thank you for listening to this Views of Mole podcast. You can join us next week for more mole hunting. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, and our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Hamster for me, and Log Super Quacky for Logan. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next to flavoring. Yeah. Yay, they needs. <laughs>